Welcome to Daily Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Each day we walk through the vital principles of the abundant life. Our Lord can do above and beyond all we ask or think. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. At the turn of the 20th century, over 80% of Americans lived in rural areas. That meant a lot of farms. Before electrification came to the countryside, it also meant there were no freezers, no refrigeration. So our forefathers canned food to make it last. Canned food could last almost indefinitely and would see the family through lean times of winter and periods of drought and crop failures. But with urbanization and electrification, canning or preserving has become somewhat of a lost art. Although it's still enjoyable when someone brings us a jar of figs or peach preserves, it's a head nod to a day gone by. I do sort of like it, though. In a similar sense, prayer has become something of a lost art. We grow very accustomed to having answers at our fingertips. We live in a 24-7 world where we can order anything we want at any time, and we're accustomed to just going to our search browser and finding answers. I'm afraid we've lost the practice of the lost art of waiting on God. For those of you who join us each day on this daily devotion, I applaud you. If you listen in the morning, I applaud you for taking time to factor in God into your life before you rush during the day. Maybe at the close of the day you listen to this, or at some other time of the day you tune in and listen. I thank you for doing so, because you're making room for God you're practicing the lost art of seeking the face of God and of calling on His name. This week, I am talking about on Daily Devotion this lost art of prayer and getting answers to our prayers. And I believe this will be a blessing to you today because it's a forgotten aspect of prayer. It's important, I believe, to remember that prayer preserves us. Prayer keeps us. It sustains us. Prayer not only changes things from bad to good, prayer can keep things from going from good to bad. Prayer not only unleashes miracles, it restrains the forces of chaos, entropy, and darkness, that our prayers preserve us. In Judges 10, we read that the Ammonites attacked Israel. Nothing new there. They didn't attack, though, all 12 tribes. They attacked only three tribes to the west of Jordan, Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. Now, let's slow down and look at each of these tribes in order. The enemy did not attack all 12, just these three, Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. Judah, it was the abiding commandment in Israel for Judah to go up first into battle. So by attacking Judah, it kept the forces of Israel from marshalling together to wage an effective war. A couple of things I noticed about this. First, the enemy always attacks what comes first in our lives. What we are meant to prioritize and put God as first, the enemy seeks to upset that order, to turn it around. You remember that Ephesus left their first love, 
The enemy of our souls always wants us to put God in a secondary position. He doesn't care what else comes first so long as it isn't God. You can put your family first. He's all right with that. You can put your jobs first. The enemy's good with that. You can put pleasure or a hobby first. The enemy is just fine with that. It's when we prioritize God in our life, place him in the premier supreme position, that's when we run contrary to the enemy of our souls. So the Ammonites attacked Judah, what should have gone first. Here's the second thing I notice about that. Judah means praise. If the enemy can silence our praise, then he can keep us defeated. If he attacks our capacity and willingness to praise, he keeps us bound. The more I look at today's world, the more I perceive what's happening in our society. It makes me think of this ancient passage of Scripture that the enemy went first after the praise of Israel. It seems that's always been the strategy of Satan, to silence our praise. I have heard it for years, but had to look it up. I've heard and have since verified that the roar of a big cat like a lion or tiger does indeed paralyze its prey. Their roar weighs in at 114 decibels. That's probably louder than what you're listening to this right now. It can be heard up to five miles away. The devil we know is a roaring lion seeking to devour. Fear will freeze us. Fear will silence our praise. That's why the enemy goes against our praise. That's why he attacks Judah to silence us, because he knows there's another lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, and our praise attracts his presence, that the Lord inhabits the praises of Israel. So long as you keep praising, you keep the enemy at bay. Since that roaring lion seeks to devour, your praise preserves your life. When the Ammonites attacked Israel, they only attacked three tribes, Judah, praise first. Hold on to your praise. Then second, they came after Benjamin. You remember when this second son was born to Rachel. She died in childbirth, but not before naming him Benoni, son of my weakness. But Jacob would have none of that. He renamed his boy Benjamin, son of strength, son of power. The enemy wants your strength. What is your strength? Nehemiah said it, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nehemiah didn't say this when everything was rosy. He said this to the people of God when they had again backslidden and turned from the Lord, but God had mercifully received them back to himself. And on the day when their wedding covenant with God was renewed, God's people were repenting, weeping, on a low limb, but twice, Nehemiah said, it's time to stop crying. This is a special day. This is a holy day. God is accepting you back. And it will be the joy of the Lord in which you will find your strength. If the enemy can get your praise, Judah, and if he can get your joy, Benjamin, he has your strength. Why do you think you struggle so much? Why do you think that things are always warring against your soul and your priorities? Because the enemy is after your joy. What is my joy? Your joy is knowing that Jesus loves you, that you are connected with him and his life is flowing inside of you. Don't let anyone 
or anything steal your joy because it radiates outward into all areas of your life. It indeed is your power. It is your strength. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The Ammonites attacked Judah, Benjamin, and then Ephraim. Ephraim means fruitfulness or prosperity. The enemy will attack that as well. The thief cometh not but to steal, kill, destroy. He doesn't want part of you. He wants the totality. He wants all of you. That's why you can't flirt with the enemy. You can't taunt the enemy. He will take everything you have. He will take your praise. He will take your strength and your prosperity. But I want you to notice what the people of these three tribes did, of Judah, Benjamin, and Ephraim. The Bible says, they cried out unto the Lord. Now, at first, God said, wait a minute, you turned your back on me. But then they cry out, we have sinned. Punish us as you see fit, but today, rescue us from our enemies. More than that, the Bible says they put away their false gods. They, in effect, said, you and you alone, Lord, have the power that we need. The Bible says God was grieved by their misery, and he responded. When we pray, we push back the destruction. We push back the darkness. So in this realm, there are two categories of prayer we need to know about. First of all is prevailing prayer, prayer that brings good things into our lives. Then there's preserving prayer, prayers that keep the bad things from happening in our lives. Do you remember the story of Honey the Circle Maker? It's an old Jewish story that's been brought back to life in Mark Batterson's book, The Circle Maker. People came to Honey and said, we need rain prayed that rain should fall. He prayed, but no rain fell. What would he do? He went outside. He drew a circle. He stood inside of that circle. and He said, God, your children turned to me to pray because I'm like a member of your family, and I'm not leaving this circle until you have compassion on your children. And after a while, it began to drizzle, a light rain. Honey said, that's not what I asked for. I asked for rain to fill the reservoirs, the lakes, the stream, the cisterns, Rain soon came down in torrents, and Honey said, no, no, that's not what I asked for. I don't need flooding rains. I want rains of goodwill, blessing, and generosity. And finally, a steady, proper rain began to fall, until eventually the people came back to him and said, it's enough, and he stepped outside of the circle, and the rain stopped. Prayer can preserve. It can preserve our praise, our joy, our strength, our prosperity. Have we forgot the keeping power of prayer? It's one of the seven requests found in Aaron's priestly blessing. May the Lord keep you. People ask, well, you people have prayed. What good is it done? Well, that's not all prayer does. It doesn't just bring the good. It keeps away the bad. And how can you measure that? How do you measure the many blessings kept by the power of prayer? We serve the God who picks us up after we fall, but we also serve the one who keeps us from falling. If we forgot the keeping, preserving power of prayer. I think one of the joys of heaven is that we will know even as we are known that there's really no way here on this earth to know all that prayer has done for us. But when we get to glory, we will perceive 
how everything worked together for good, we will see answers to our prayers that we thought God forgot. We will see why he did not answer the prayer in the time and the way that we desired him to. I believe when we get to heaven, there's no way to know what God is doing right now and the prayers he is answering for us and what prayer has done in our life. We need to go back and we need to recover the lost art of keeping, preserving prayer. The prayer that keeps us in our walk with God. The prayer that shelters us from so much harm. The prayer that preserves our peace. And like Judah, it will keep our praise. And like Benjamin, it will keep our strength. And the joy of the Lord is that strength. And like Ephraim, this prayer that we rediscover will preserve our prosperity and our fruitfulness. We are entering into a day where we not only need God to reign and bring good things into our lives, we need the power of the Lord to keep what he's already done in our lives. I believe that the Lord has done great and marvelous things for each and every one of us, that if we were to take the time to count our blessings and begin to enumerate how we know God worked here, how he worked there, what he has provided in the midst of it all, we would see the keeping power of prayer, that is prayer that permits God to wrap nail-scarred hands around our lives and to keep all that is good and godly in the midst of our lives. So all of this week in daily devotion, when we're talking about answered prayer, I pray that you get new prayers answered. I pray that the old prayers stay answered. Thank you for sharing in daily devotion with Ken Gurley. We pray this ministry has been a source of encouragement and strength to you. Please be mindful that your financial support enables us to meet with you each day. To give a donation or connect with us, visit our website at kengurley.com. There you will also find the latest books, podcasts, and resources. Blessed 90 Days to Change Your World is Pastor Gurley's latest book. You can get your copy of this life-changing book at kengurley.com. May God's favor rest on you in every way. Until we meet again.